1: This is Two Guys, Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pellico. You are listening to The Quick Cage. And Frank, which Nicholas Cage movie are you going to review tonight? So tonight we're going to talk about the
0: seminal action thriller noir film from 1995, Kiss of Death. Seminal, huh? Um, yeah, you know. Got to make some things feel important. All um, glittered up for Easter. Huh? You're right. <sighs> uh cage is in a supporting role here um movie stars david caruso is the lead um supported by samuel L. jackson helen hunt Bing rames uh stanley tucci michael rapaport um a bunch of other uh character actors that you know if you watch the movie would recognize from the 90s um directed by uh, barbe schroeder i think i'm saying that name right um who at the time was a director i really liked um I'd seen uh, Matrice and Single White Female and something else. Uh, Barfly, which was a movie I really enjoyed. So, um, pretty high expectations going into this movie. Uh, I remember seeing it opening weekend, 1995, me and some friends went to see it. Um, Fun fact. I had never seen NYPD Blue before seeing this movie, so I didn't know anything about David Caruso, except he had been in, like, Entertainment Weekly a bunch at that point, or whatever magazine. Did Entertainment Weekly exist in 95? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I would have read about him in Entertainment Weekly.
1: Frank, real quick, just, um, like, if you have your phone down, lift it up just a little bit. You're going to your crackling. I'll
0: crackle you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so super excited going into this movie. I'm um, not quite so excited leaving the movie. Um, so if you've never seen it, this is a remake of a 1947 um, classic with uh, Victor, Victor Mature and Richard Widmark. Um, it is the story of Jimmy Kilmartin, who's a recently paroled ex-con living in New York. Um, he's working at some indis- undisclosed menial job, but he's been reunited with his wife and his infant daughter. Um, they're both recovering alcoholics, so there's a subplot early on about how like they don't like, drink or do any kind of drugs, and he's trying to stay away from the life of being a, basically a carjacker that got him put in prison. Um, so immediately in the movie, while his wife is at community college, um, oh no, I'm sorry. She goes to an AA meeting and he decides he doesn't want to go because he hit a meeting on the way home. Um so while he's home watching their child, his asshole cousin um shows up, Ronnie, played by Michael Rapaport, who convinces him somehow, although he's not convincing at all, to come on one last job for like twelve hundred dollars to drive a um, what are they called? Like a car carrier full of stolen cars from this lot to the port so they can be shipped off. Um, doing it at the behest of little junior Brown, who is the Nick Gage performance, who is a asthmatic, um burly schizophrenic or bipolar like monster, basically, so. there was a guy who was supposed to drive for him. This is a setup that Ronnie had these three dudes that were set up to drive. And the one guy like bailed on him. So he needs Ronnie. He needs Jimmy to come and drive for him. This is only option. And they go there and junior Brown um, beats up the guy that was supposed to drive because he's drunk, but then Jimmy's got a heart of gold. So he puts him in the truck with him to save him. So of course the cops pull him over led by Samuel L. Jackson. Um, the drunk guy who's all upset because they took his money for not driving, then shoots Samuel L. Jackson in the face, which Jimmy blocks with his hand. Um, so then Jimmy goes to jail. Um, the Brown family, because Nicholas Cage's dad played by, um, oh man, I just said his name when we were talking outside. Um, the guy from, uh, Boogie Nights, um. Anyway, the old man who's the porn producer in Boogie. Oh,
1: House, Philip Seymour Hall.
0: Yeah. No, Philip, fuck, Philip Michael Hall. Philip Baker Hall. Philip Baker Hall. Philip Michael. Baker, yes. Yeah. Jesus, that's six, six degrees of nothing right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> they basically arrange for him to be taken care of he's in jail and family care. Of, but Ronnie, who's supposed to give his wife $400 a week, is only giving her $150 a week. And then basically tells, you can work at my junkyard in order to make ends meet and then tries to get her drunk and then does get her drunk and then maybe rapes her, but at least molests her. So then she goes all crazy and runs out and steals Ronnie's car because she's like, Oh my God, I've been here all night. I left my kid alone and I got drunk and I'm a recovering alcoholic and then gets in this car. And as she's pulling out in traffic, she's all disoriented and gets hit by a tractor trailer And as the tractor trailer is coming to hit her, she yells, Jimmy! But it sounds like she's yelling Jiminy when she does it. So at first I was like, what the fuck? Like Exclamation is that? But then I realized she's saying his name. So she dies. So Jimmy goes to the funeral and kind of deduces that Ronnie got her, like basically caused her to die. um, That he was doing something untoward with her. And then um so he concocts this revenge scheme where he basically gives himself and two other guys up on these jobs that he did like prior to going to jail, but doesn't give up Ron. Like he only names, those three. So when um, the, you know, the shiesty attorney comes to like, talk to him about like these charges, because he gets extra charges levied against them. The attorney is like, well, you know, they came after you and they came after these two other guys. And then Jimmy's like, what about Ronnie? And the attorney's like, hmm, they didn't ask about Ronnie. They're like, what about the Astoria job? And he's like, oh, yeah, it was me and so-and-so and and Ronnie. What about Ronnie? The lawyer's like, hmm, they didn't ask about Ronnie. So then the lawyer goes back to um, uh, Junior Brown and Senior Brown um, and says, you know, I think it might be Ronnie that's ratting people out because, you know, they're going after these dudes, but not Ronnie. So then, Nick Cage takes a group of people, including Ving Rhames, down to Ronnie's junkyard and beats him to death. So fast forward six years, and now David Crusoe is getting out of jail. And as how, he's being,
1: I haven't seen this since nineteen ninety five. How long? How far are we into this movie?
0: Well, the movie's like twelve hours long, so <laughs> this is probably like the four hour point, maybe. Um. I don't know. It's like 30 minutes into the movie. Okay. 35 minutes. So in the interim of him being in jail, he's fallen in love with... Helen Hunt played his wife, Bev. So he's fallen in love with Rosie, who's Helen Hunt's younger sister, who's now a grown woman. And so he gets out of jail, and they get married um, because she's been raising his daughter anyway. There's actually a really funny scene where... um, (laughs) So Rosie has brought the daughter to visit um, David Crusoe in jail. And he's like, I got nothing on the outside. The only thing I got is this little girl. And she goes, and me? And he says, and you? And raises his eyebrows, and then she makes this, like, the most awkward, like, fuck me face, like, ever. And then he, like, smirks, and he's like, yeah, and you. So then you know that, like, they're gonna they're gonna bang when he gets out of jail, which they do when they get married. Makes her an honest woman. But then...
1: He yeah. Gets rolled
0: by the district attorney played by Stanley Tucci and Samuel Jackson into being an informant for them against Junior Brown because Junior Brown's dad, um, Philip Baker Hall, has died from emphysema. And now Junior Brown is the head of this crime family that owns the strip club named Baby Thinks. So that plays an important part. Oh, and there's also a really pivotal scene early on where um, Nicolas Cage is bench-pressing a stripper. Um, yes. Which was in the trailer. In the trailer, trailer right. Yeah. Pretty pretty maligned at the time for being just like... Uh, it's it just... I'm not describing how ridiculously bad parts of this movie are. We'll, 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 we'll get to that. Because I just want to get through the fucking narrative because it's terrible. Um, so, David Caruso starts ratting... Starts wearing a wire and he gets the confidence of Nicolas Cage. And there's this Ving Rames. Oh, I forgot Ving Rames in it too. So Ving Rames plays this dude named Carlos, who's like a coke addict and deals in like stolen guns and cars. Um, but Junior Brown thinks that he's too, he's too unsafe. Like he can't trust him. So um, Cage and Caruso drive out to meet Carlos. And Cage has Caruso go over to the passenger side of Carlos's car and act as a distraction, and then shoots him in the head and kills him. But here's the twist mm. Carlos was an undercover DEA agent. Mm. Now, the NYPD, I think it's the NYPD, wh- wh- whatever that agency is led by Stanley Tucci and Samuel L. Jackson, their case is in trouble because the DEA wants to get them for murdering their dude. But they're like, no, no, you're going to blow a bar case, which is to catch him basically committing murder and fraud. So it's really like he still would have gotten him, But Stanley Tucci wants to arrest him. And the guy that's in charge of the DEA wants to arrest him. And they have like a pissing contest. And David Caruso goes over like because he's all covered in blood still after this thing. And is like, I'm here. Talk to me. Even though like you're a fucking CI. Like, you ain't got no goddamn Right. Like, sway or anything. So, they basically kill the case of the NYPD so they can prosecute Nicolas Cage, who gets arrested and goes to jail. And even though they know now that Carlos was a DEA agent, like an undercover DEA agent, immediately assume that David Caruso was ratting on him. Even though, like, if you murdered the guy, he would have told people where he was going and who he was meeting with. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's the least logical assumption that it was David Crusoe, who's already committed several crimes for him and should be above reproach, but that's immediately who they think it is. Right. So, Shiesty Lawyer, who's also played by, who's he played? He's, he's played by somebody that you would recognize. I can't remember. I gotta look it up in a minute. Um, uses, like, this, the most ridiculous, like, argument to make them drop the case against Nicolas Cage because the DEA has got quote-unquote files that they can't turn over because they can't let anyone see what's in those files. So a federal judge is like, well, you got to let me see the files. And they're like, nah, man, you can't see the files. And he's like, look, I'm kind of ordering you to do this. And they're like, what if we don't want to? And he's like, well, then I guess the case is dismissed. They're like, well, I guess it is. And that's it. And like fucking murderer Nicolas Cage, who's definitely murdered a dude, is now out free. So, yeah. Caruso and family have been in like some semi-witness protection, although it's like not really witness protection, and have been moving all around, and even though they have like no idea where this guy is, like they find his family and write, so there's a part in the movie where Nicolas Cage and David Caruso are driving and they're bonding with each other, and Nicolas Cage says, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta stand for something, like you have to have like a symbol that stands for you. He says, I use an acronym. It's a bag. Mm-hmm. It stands for balls, ambition, attitude. balls, attitude, and yeah. drive, or something yeah. like that. Uh-huh.
1: That's a Yeah. Direction. It's direction. Balls, direction, attitude, and direction. direction. Bad. Balls, attitude, yeah. and direction. Uh-huh.
0: And he's like, um, What's yours, David Caruso? And David Caruso's like, Oh, F- FFB. FAB
1: fucked Fuck. after birth or whatever yeah it's it's bad i remember that line yep. and nicholas cage
0: is like uh i'm gonna say no because that's not really positive and that's what we're <laughs> going for here but you keep thinking like that seriously is the scene it's, it's uh-huh. like one of the worst like bonding scenes. Uh-huh. and i cannot explain to you how like terrible nicholas cage is in this movie is so making... much better though i mean no 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 look look David Crusoe ain't shit. But he's also I don't know. Like, I don't know what you expect. Like if you've ever seen David Crusoe act, you know that it's not happening anywhere. Like he's 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 not emoting or anything. He's just he's like cranky Irish whatever. Yeah. Like, everything's right. about his like ratty little eyes like beating up and like yeah, his yeah. mouth getting all tight and small and like that's that that's the range that's right. Had. Understood. Yeah. So anyway. Um so Nicolas Cage is threatening his family, but then David Crusoe's like, I gotta take it to him. But then Stanley Tucci refuses to like work with David Crusoe because he's like <laughs> another one of my favorite lines in the movie. David Crusoe's like, you got to tape," And Stanley Tucci's like, oh, so what do we hear? That like they had a disagreement that, you know, you were asking him about what color car he likes, and then and then what? like we don't have any evidence even though like a federal agent is dead but cool like there's no evidence because i guess like that didn't ever happen and he's like you know what maybe that tape maybe the trash monster just ate so whatever mm-hmm. and i looked over at frankie at this point and i said the trash monster mm-hmm. what the fuck is the trash monster mm-hmm. yeah maybe it's uh, like uh, the oscar tran- <clears throat> or or it's like the what is it the church tr- Trandosian or whatever the thing that's in the um, <laughs> right. the trash compactor on the Death Star like maybe yeah, that's right. a trash monster <laughs> um, so anyway so Nicolas Cage can't get no purchase with the DA and Samuel Jackson wants to help him because they even though they hated each other at first Samuel Jackson has like this like begrudging respect now for um, Caruso because he's like you know standing up for what's right and trying to do the right thing and trying to see this through the end and Samuel L. Jackson's like, no, a cop got killed. We gotta like, there's gotta be some kind of justice for that. So they set up this sting, although they don't really tell you they've set up a sting, but it, like that's what it is. Where David Caruso goes to Nick Cage's um, strip club in the middle of business hours and basically picks a fight with him. And so they get in this fight and they're beating each other up. Oh, there's this really funny thing where Nicholas Cage early on says, um, "This is." Where they're bonding with the bad and the fab or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, where Nicolas Cage is like, I can't bear to have metal in my mouth. Yeah. You, you put metal in my mouth. I just want to gag. I've never told anyone about the metal in the mouth. Don't you tell anyone about my metal in the mouth. Yep. So I don't think David Crusoe ever does tell anyone. I can't remember. Like right. I must have missed it because I was like unconscious for two hours of this movie. But... Nick Cage later is like when I was in jail, they wouldn't give me any plastic forks. They don't let me use metal forks, so I have metal in my mouth. So I was gagging all the time. And I know it's you that told him about it. It's like again, like these ridiculous like leaps of logic that are being made in this movie, just the whatever set up some kind of ridiculous conflict.
1: Yeah, so you, 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 you know, you know that's a real thing, right? With him, with Cage.
0: No, I don't know. Yeah, I, he I doesn't. He, do, he
1: doesn't use. Uh, Metal utensils whatsoever. Um, he has some sort of phobia of them, um, and he and he incorporated that into his character. He thought the character would also have. A... Well, whatever. You know, I don't like to hear about
0: my heroes. I don't want to learn. That. <laughs> so, so they fight each other, um, each getting the upper hand back and forth. But then Samuel L. Jackson comes in with the rest of the police, and Nicolas Cage punches him in the face, and Samuel L. Jackson's like. Assaulting an officer. That's what you're going down for, Junior Brown. And then like, that's it. So then he gets arrested, gone. So then David Crusoe goes to talk to Stanley Tucci again and is like, hey, buddy, he's in jail. You gonna prosecute him this time for the murder? And Stanley Tucci's like, yeah, that murder never happened. So then he plays him a tape of Nicolas Cage admitting to the murder. Like, I'm going to do you like I did Carlos and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And Tucci's like, oh, no, nah, that's not enough evidence. So then David Crusoe pulls out another tape and puts it in, which is from the original conversation with him and Tucci where Tucci's like, I'm just going to let this case go because you know what? I might be a great DA, but I'd make an even better judge. Think of all the good I could do. Mm-hmm. So he blackmails him basically into prosecuting this guy. And then He takes a stolen car that Junior Brown gave him and drives off with his family because they're just going to go get lost for a while. And that's the end of the movie. So that's just the death. And I cannot explain to you, like, I'm glossing over a lot of really incredibly ridiculous things. Number one, like, Michael Rappaport's character is maybe the most loathsome individual. Ever committed to film for no motherfucking reason. Like when you have a character, even if you need them to be—I don't know—like, like, like, like like do sex, machina, whatever—in your story, you still got to make them like a person, right? And Michael Rapaport is just the most unbelievably sleazy idiot ever. Like every single thing he does is dishonest and shitty. Under the pretense of he wants to run a legitimate business, in having the scrapyard, like that's his whole thing, is like, oh, we don't take hot cars. We're only doing legitimate things. Let me rape my brother's or my cousin's wife mm-hmm. after getting her drunk, you know, and like, yeah. oh, I'm only going to give her 150 out of the 400 a week I'm supposed to give. So basically, just like the scumbag. So when he dies, you're rooting for Nicolas Cage. Like right. it's the best possible outcome is like this man's death so really like up until that point they've never painted him as I mean he's he's hes a bad guy right like he's beating people up and he's a criminal or whatever but he's not the worst bad guy like there's worse bad guys right. and like that's crazy that if this is supposed to be like your whatever like the um antagonist in your film like the primary antagonist like you gotta build him up that. But you don't. You build up some minor character that you're going to kill off in the first twenty five minutes as a much worse person, so that you're like, yeah, like I get it, like kill that dude, like that's right. Mm. Then Helen Hunt just like, and I, I love Helen Hunt, and I especially love this era Helen Helen Hunt. Like this is like, this was my ideal woman for probably about five or six years of my life was like this time period Helen Hunt. I mean, I can't tell you how many rewind lines were in my copy of The Water So I'm just going to say that. <laughs> but... <laughs> it's just, it's it's the most, like, vapid and lost performance. And I think maybe it's because maybe, like, Barbie Schroeder wasn't really good at directing, like, American actors. I mean, you know, it's like the Guillermo del Toro sure. syndrome. But Single White Female is a pretty good movie. You know, and it's got, it's got those performances are okay. And I I know, you know, whatever, Jennifer Jason Lee and um who's the other lady in that Jennifer Jason Lee and uh uh,
1: uh Bridget Fonda, right?
0: Yeah, Bridget Fonda, right. Yeah. Like they're they they're they're probably better actresses than Helen Hunt, maybe. Helen Hunt's not a bad actress.
1: No, she's not at all. But every performance in this movie is so Well he directed um Desper- Desperate Measures too and um and
0: whatever. <laughs> I want mean, we're talking, about, we're, we're talking a single-way female bunny. So, we're talking about Kiss to Death and how terrible the performance is. So, all the performances are just awful in this movie. And they're not even like appropriately over the top where you can, like, where it's really funny. It's just so bad that, and this is just me, maybe, like, it's really awkward, like, watching everything play out. I mean, it's astounding that. It's astounding how awkward and tone-deaf this movie is at every single beat that it has the chance to, like, be good. Because story-wise, like, it's not a bad story. You know, the idea of, like, the ex-con trying to make good, who goes back to jail and finds his way out again only to get sucked right back in by the unscrupulous police. I mean, all that stuff could, like, could have been a really good movie. But, man, it didn't happen here. Yeah. And
1: it 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 diverges wildly from the original movie too i mean so i don't remember the original
0: movie at all i this is because of death. it's been in my head for almost 30, 30 years now so yeah um what else is terrible in this movie like the whole opening scene it the the, the opening montage or not, not even montage the opening like establishing shot over the credits is this really elaborate crane, like moving crane shot of this junk
1: Crack, that crackling is really bad. Well, I'm not even putting it
0: against this moving crane, like I don't know, whatever, like crane shot, like over and through this junkyard that like weaves through and around buildings and around like wrecking balls or whatever, and over to show you like queens like it shows Queensbridge, and you know it's this really intricate shot and the only thing that it's paid off by is the fact that michael rappaport owns the junkyard but you don't even find that out until like 30 minutes later so i'm watching this movie because i didn't remember that part and i'm like what the fuck like where does this junkyard come into play like is there something gonna happen here because nothing happens there for a long time so but it's a really nice shot it's very um, very impressive very impressive camera work, which probably is more credit to the cinematographer, whoever that is. Mm. Luciano Taval. Oh, wow. He worked with Antonioni, Argento. Makes sense. Tarkovsky, Pignuel. Well. Yeah, he did a bunch of really good stuff. Huh. Oh, the passenger.
1: Hmm. Suspiria? Man, yeah. Yeah. Then he did he worked with him again on um Tetabury or whatever. Um that one we talked about at one point.
0: Oh, he worked with uh, Schroeder a of, of, of several times. Yeah. Yeah. God, like almost every time that he made a movie after that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, but seriously like really I don't there's nothing like necessarily terrible about the direction it's very basic I guess I mean it gets the point across they they use the setting well you know like kind of the it almost feels like like a really sanitized version of the wire like since we just talked about that in the sense of like Back alleys and abandoned parking lots. You know, it's not like I can see that. It, it doesn't look like backlots. Like it looks like the whole thing was filmed on location at places actually in New York. So, I mean, I'll give it that credit. But yeah, it just it's it's just real dumb movie, real bad. But you love it, ironically.
1: Yeah, I um, I remember and I really liking this movie, and I, I I'd like to talk to him about it because it feels like he has a better maybe a better opinion of it it felt like just from what he was saying but um we thought this was really funny when we were 15 years old um because it was so ridiculous i remember um specifically um some of the cheesy dialogue um like i remember the fuck at birth thing and um uh and then, like, some of just, like, the over top cage stuff. What, what is it? It's, like, something, like, along the lines of, like, now's time for every man to clean up his own backyard or something like that. Like, um, some fucking line like that, I remember. <clears throat> I think, yeah. yeah. I think that was in the but trailer, It's, re- it's
0: repeated, like, three times.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: now's time for every
1: man to clean up his own backyard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we had to go see it. Well, we were seeing a lot of things back then. We probably we were probably we might have been in the same theater. We we saw it opening night too. If you saw it at Regal, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were probably in the same theater. Didn't know it, but uh, we saw it that opening night. And I think it was more based on um, us going because Samuel Jackson, because we you know because of Pulp Fiction, um, and maybe even by that point Die Hard. I don't know what you, I don't know what month this came out. Um, but uh yeah, we thought it was really funny. And I even like had this taped off of um like an illegal paper, you know, legal pay per view box um for years, like on <clears> the <throat> I think we would watch it every once in a while. Think. So
0: the the guy that plays the slimy attorney is um Is it Anthony um, Held or whatever? Anthony Held healed yeah. or whatever. Yeah. yeah, he's, um, yeah. Chilton and Silence yep. of Blains. Yep. <clears throat> Basically playing the same exact character here. Sure, he plays that character well. Yeah he's an attorney as opposed to um you know a disreputable psychiatrist and it's catherine Urbay that plays um mm-hmm. the sister yeah i mean uh, so it seriously is like i mean i like it's it's a pretty pretty stacked cast it is it's just just a bad movie But I will say this, and I thought this watching it last night, it is so much better than the majority of like direct that I've watched of this man's filmography that's been done in the past like 15 years that I can almost forgive any shortcoming just because it was still recognizable as a film done by people that know how to make films and whatever it ended and I was fine. I didn't feel worse about myself, you know, like after watching this movie, which happens quite often after watching um, some of Mr. Cage's films. I have a feeling it would still be fun. Like, oh, look, uh, I laugh probably a dozen times. mm -hmm. Sometimes like the surprise, like, like, I can't believe that just happened. Laugh or like how ridiculous was that? Because I had seriously forgotten. 95% 95% of this movie, with the exception of Samuel L. Jackson's weeping eye that he sustained in the bullet shot that David Caruso deflected.
1: And isn't there some clever line that said at one point, like in it, to like about that weeping eye or something like that? Yeah, it was in the trailer, I think. Yeah. Maybe that's what it, what it was. Oh, did. you know what? Yes, this is why we want to go see this movie and we're obsessed with it i don't know if i i think like, i've talked about this at some point maybe on the primary podcast one time but um i used to at this point i think i still was going through this is probably around the time i was or the, at least when the trailer came out i was still going through the local libraries text-based internet um i was using like a, like a telnet type thing so I didn't have graphical browser yet at this point, and you could download QuickTime trailers for movies, and the small old small QuickTime trailers. So they were only like you know what like what were the old small QuickTimes like two and a half inches by two and a half inches or something like yeah, that. Yeah, maybe yeah. Uh-huh. So um, I would download trailers. I probably talked about this during Strange Days, um, but I was drunk during that episode because I had to like, you know, be the one to talk about those movies. But um so I would download the these trailers. It would take like 36 hours to download a small quick time. Right. And I used to have this use, and I can't remember exactly what it is, I used to have to use a special star code in order to block incoming calls from my phone line. Um in order to have this uninterrupted. Cause if it got interrupted with a phone call, you're fucked and you had to start all over again. Um, so I ended up having my own private phone line at this point because of, you know, that's how it worked back then. Like, you know, in my room for my internet and um, yeah. So I would have to like, you know, right. Like, you know, put the star code in and download and just let it download for like 36 hours. And I couldn't do anything else on the internet while that was happening. Um, so, I had this trailer on my computer uh, for this movie because I think of Samuel L. Jackson. And um, so, I had this in Strange Days, and I think I went back and gotten Pulp Fiction, and there's a couple other movies I had on there. Um, so, part of the affinity for this movie is related to the fact that we would watch like the trailer all the time and laugh at how ridiculous it was.
0: Trying to remember what the star codes were. So obviously star sixty-nine was call back the last number that called you. Yes. Was it star sixty seven?
1: Uh was maybe. Three, um, three, two,
0: three,
1: two. Um, let me see. Uh call blocking with star sixty, it says here, apparently. Hmm. Um but I mean, I, I'm assuming they haven't changed. But uh... do they still work? I don't know. Apparently, I, was, I mean, they're, they're I still you... up on current websites for like Verizon and shit like that. Um...
0: I remember you could do something start seventy or something like that, or Star
1: where 70. you could like... start seventy is cancel call waiting. <laughs> that's not it. It's
0: it's where you could um where you could connect your call to another call. Like you would like do fuck star 70 something. I can't remember. I'm sure when Heaster listens to this, he'll remember and he'll correct me. What What did it do? It was three-way calling. It was like, it mm. was star 74. We always use star 69 because it was so useful. Right. Sure. Because at that point you actually wanted to talk to people that had the fucking audacity to call you on the telephone. Right. <clears throat> Can you, isn't that crazy? How, like I used to. I remember I had to get a job to pay for my own phone line for call waiting, so yeah. I could talk to all my friends, yeah. like all the time. Yeah. And I swear to God, if one of you pricks called me now, out of nowhere, I would feel so put out. Like, what is? Honestly, I'd probably be really worried because, like, oh my god, like, why is he calling me out of nowhere?
1: Well, right. Well, I mean, you, you, you were. Do you remember, I think the last time we talked on a phone. No, it was during the pandemic, actually, like before we started like using Zoom. I think you and I talked one night on the phone and you were drunk. Um, Let's not cast aspersions. (laughs) um, But it was pretty early on there. But before that, I think the last time we really talked on a phone might have been, do you remember like a day that I called you leaving work? Because I think you accidentally called me. And I, I, I thought something must have been really wrong, so I called you as soon as I was out of class, and you were like, like, all, uh, like all annoyed. Um, well, I'm sure I was annoyed. I'm annoyed now. Right. Thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that was like, maybe, probably like 2015 or something like that, and I don't know what the last time I talked to you on the phone before that was.
0: Yeah, you know, this is why I'm single, because like every woman <laughs> I talk to always wants to talk on the fucking phone, and it's like can't we text each other? I mean, it's the same thing or just come over. Like we can just hang out, you know? And I guess I was a little more, whatever, agreeable to that during the pandemic, but man, like ladies, I'm single. Um, <laughs> but I don't want to talk to them.
1: What if, uh, would it be better to talk to them? Um, like through like, you know, like duo or zoom or whatever the fuck, like, what, yeah, what, would that, would that be better?
0: Hold, look, I don't want to hold no goddamn shit to my head.
1: Mm. I it's don't the, want to be it's the comfort issue,
0: right? I mean, if we can zoom and I'll just put you up on the laptop, can't you
1: put it on like uh, can't you put a phone on like uh, like you know, uh, so you can just hear their voice, like whatever the fuck that's called?
0: Well, we're doing it now, right? Because I'm doing it on my phone. Because uh, yeah. saying, just, a regular,
1: just a regular phone call, I'm saying, like, couldn't you just like yeah,
0: yeah, I can just put it on speakerphone,
1: that's right. what I do at work all the time, okay. So
0: okay, so I have to talk to people constantly on the phone at my job, All right? But I don't really count that because I don't want to do that anyway. So that annoyance is already there. So it's just whatever. It's just it's part and parcel. Uh huh. So I always hit speakerphone when somebody calls me, so then I can just like type and do my job, like while they're wasting my time with their talking. I hope nobody that I work with listens to this because whatever. But anyway.
1: Okay, so. Uh...
0: Right. I really do okay. not mind talking to people on the phone at work. That's a lie. I just hate it in my personal life.
1: Well, that makes sense because you maybe because you do it at work, but I mean, um, but I I still don't understand. Like you know, like you you don't like talking on the phone, like, but you could put it on speaker. You just said so. Like, what's the difference between putting it on speaker and putting it down? And you saying it's might be better over like a like video conferencing couldn't you have always put it on speaker like in the past like 15 years i think it's bullshit i just don't think you want to talk to people yeah you know i guess
0: i could (laughs) have but I also like i'm around people a lot like i don't like to have private conversations in front of other people like i'm real uncomfortable with that shit so if i'm like Right, you
1: I understand know, that. I, I get that. I don't know,
0: doing something and somebody's like calling me. It's like, what the fuck? Like, what do you want? And then when I answer and you want to have like some long, drawn out conversation, I got to go in another room or whatever. And then that's all awkward. Mm-hmm. And then people know I'm talking about something they don't want to hear about. So then they're automatically curious to hear what I'm talking about. <laughs> and then that's awkward too. But then it's nothing I even care about you hearing. It's just I'm my personal shit's my personal shit. Like, mind your business. I so. get
1: that. Um, uh, yeah, right.
0: Why are we talking about this?
1: Star sixty
0: nine. Oh right, because you had to... You had I to had to block. To block your, I had to block. You had, to block, you had, to block, you had right. block sailor from getting interrupted for your. everything. yes. yes sailor was down. the name
1: of the yes, the local library service, um, uh, which we had in nineteen ninety four um, here in Cecil County, which was yeah. um, is so bizarre that like Cecil County was so ahead of the curve. Um, <clears throat> hanging out on pixels and chips. Uh, yeah, you did that. For a little bit, right? I did. Um, that was a local. What was the world? <laughs> B- BBS? Is that BBS, what they are called? Yeah, yeah. We
0: used to go to. Um, we used to go to BBS meetups at Pizza Hut <laughs> 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 to meet the people that we met on the
1: internet. Right, right.
0: That's the only reason I know Chuck, actually.
1: Yeah, right. That's a, that's a that's a different time, man. I'm i to some degree I missed that time.
0: I mean, I missed a lot of things about that time. Right,
1: right. That's what I mean. Like. Every I I still am convinced you disagree. I think everything's too easy now. It's fine. It's good to be easy. No, I th- I think everything's like so easy that it's like made us worse as people. Easy like
0: easy like Sunday morning, Chris.
1: Mm. All right. So what's the fucking score on this movie, Frank? And what's the score on the cage performance?
0: Uh the cage performance is a solid seven. Like it's um. Seven on, like, the ridiculous scale. Like, it'll make you laugh numerous times. He completely overacts. Right. I think it's amazing about the thing with the metal in his mouth where they like they work that in. Um, because it just comes up for no reason, and it's hilarious when it does. Uh, the movie itself is a three. Maybe a four. It's, it's a four. It's not quite, like, absolute detritus, but it's not good at all, so it's just kind of there. Um, it's entertaining, though. I mean, you know. Now, full disclosure, I had to buy this motherfucker on DVD from eBay because it was either not available to stream anywhere or it was like $20. One of the two. Whenever I have to buy something off eBay, that's the reason for it. So, buyer beware, I guess.
1: You know what? I got Nicholas Cage confused. I, I have a correction to make. Um, that is not Nicolas Cage with the silverware thing. That's Billy Bob Thornton. <clears throat>
0: Did Nicolas Cage steal that from Billy Bob for
1: I don't know. I'm I'm confused now because Billy Bob has it in. He works that into a movie of his, though. I think it is. Is it Sling Blade? One of the characters has that issue with like metal. It's either that or Monster's Ball. It's one of those two. There's like there's a character that like has that issue. Um, yeah, it's Billy Bob because um, Billy Bob has that phobia. And he also has a phobia of antique furniture. This was from my this was from my research last week where I um uh that we talked about where I said that uh, I think Timothy Oliphant was doing a Billy Bob Thornton impersonation. Um, oh right,
0: you made me watch the Billy Bob Thornton thing. You were like, "Do you get it? Do you get it?" And I was like, "Right, yeah." Uh-huh. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, I've been thinking about that all week too.
1: What about Billy Bob like, Thornton, like, yeah, being yeah. the model for Raylan Givens? Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's legit, I think
0: nah.
1: I think it's all a fun secret.
0: I think you're reaching, but I'll give it to you because you're so passionate
1: <laughs> right um all right so so i do i I'm, i I do want to mention that um, as an update, I have now, like after for like a month of like promising this, I have like created the checklist now for the quick cage to see how much time we have left and i confirmed it with frank earlier so we have one that might be coming out right like in the next like five months or something like that so it might yeah, get a prisoners, week.
0: prisoners of a ghost land
1: yeah that that might add a week but as of right now we have with that included we have 26 episodes um which means we will be ending on what did i say october 20th october 13th. well right but if we add that one on it'll be october 20th um so, uh, so the the end is nigh, but not as nigh as I had wished. <laughs> so we still got six months left, almost to the day, of of quick cages. Um, and you, uh, if we want some stats, like you are, you are lacking in the nineties cage era.
0: Yeah, I don't really want to watch any of them.
1: Yeah, well, I mean this is your this is your idea, man. <laughs> this is all you. <laughs> 90 to 94, like you are um it, it is it could be let's say 89 to to 94. Um it would be um insufficient, I would say. In terms of the coverage there. Cuz you got time to kill and not even probably the good time to kill. Like um I have to imagine, which even is not that good. But um, Firebirds, Honeymoon in Vegas, Deadfall, Amos and Andrew, it could happen to you in Guarding Tests. <clears throat> which are probably some of those more popular or famous movies at least, if not popular. What? Guarding
0: Tests?
1: All, no, like a bunch of those there. Honeymoon in Vegas, um, Amos and Andrew, it could happen Listen, to you in Guarding there's Tests. There's
0: another motherfucking movie that's $20. What's that? Uh, fucking Honeymoon in Vegas. What? It's not yeah, streaming I so. somewhere? I don't believe so. I wanted to watch it the other day. Because I was like, oh, you know, I remember kind of liking that movie. Like, it'll be cool to watch it. And I went to look for it and I was like, what the fuck? It's fucking, free on?
1: T- it's fucking free on TV, right, man? Oh, nice. <laughs> well, then I'm glad I didn't
0: spend 20 bucks
1: on it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I want to know how it's 20. 20- well, oh, because it's because you just want to Prime. Prime, for some reason, it's, it's $13.99. Okay, good deal, yeah. You can only get it from Apple or iTunes for three ninety nine, um, and then Tubi it's free though right now.
0: So, oh, well, I'm, you know.
1: Yeah. Maybe pick that, that up this weekend. Get that young, uh, uh, SJP there. Yeah, I really enjoyed *Honeymoon in Vegas* when I was young. Yeah.
0: I um, no, I, this is a lot. I never <laughs> really enjoyed *Honeymoon in Vegas*, but I liked *Honeymoon in Vegas* well enough in like nineteen ninety two. So. Right
1: right let's not go crazy so yeah so we so we, so we still have so much we saw so much um so you act know. like you gotta do it you just gotta drink and listen <laughs> hey hey i still have to like sit here afterwards and continue to drink and um right post <laughs> post this and like you know do the bit of editing and <laughs> Try to get the crackles out and
0: right I gotta go to bed and get up in the morning and go to work yeah and then I gotta watch another Nicolas Cage movie in the next seven days right six days technically because I can't watch it on Wednesday because I do something else on Wednesday after work so I gotta gotta make it between Thursday and Tuesday is my my window
1: right and right and you still got two more horror movies to watch this week too before we record.
0: That's a pleasure, though. I'm fine with that.
1: Oh, okay. This is this. I want to. I'm really excited. I'm really excited to watch both of those movies. Yeah, this is the bane then of like your,
0: but then every once in a while, it's not like that's it's like it's like I really shouldn't have started with next because that was like that was like that first hit, you know, like the one you get for free, and it was like funny and fun, and like, oh, this is such a great idea. And like man, I've been chasing that high now for hmm. what, hmm. like sixty, sixty motherfucking weeks or something like that? Yeah. Of this filmography. Yeah. And like every once in a while, like you get you get like like, you know, like the package is nice and like it, it, it hits you like just right. But then the next week it's like all that stepped on shit and then you're down in the gutter again. You <sighs> gotta try and like get it back again, but then it hits you again. So you know, I've been I've been watching the wire, so here's all right. <laughs> here's where this analogy comes from right but i'm fucking bubbles you know and then at some point i'm going to be wanting to go sleep in my sister's basement and you're going to be fucking Kima, getting all shot and abandoned to me and i'm going to go back to using again and that's going to be the unbearable weight of immense talent or whatever the fuck that's the immense weight of unbearable talent i don't know
1: they, yeah, now I'm confused. You put too many, you strung too many words together. Now I'm confused at what the title was. But of course, it's I fine. saw. I thought Philip Baker Hall's name was Philip Seymour Hall earlier. So, um,
0: that's a weird combo.
1: It is. It is. Uh, well, I'm I'm th- I'm thinking. I'm thinking ahead. Like I'm already, my mind's like already like deep into um, my um, you know, top five movies that Chris loves and Frank is in different two lists. So. He's in one of those movies. So yeah. Um Alright. So what do you so you don't know what next week is? Like you don't even have any thoughts?
0: I actually knew exactly what it was gonna be until I realized that Honeymoon in Vegas is free on Tubi.
1: Mm. Mm hmm. So it's not going to be guarding Tesla. Um,
0: <clears throat> it will never be guarding Tesla until it absolutely has to be guarding Tesla. But I got to do it soon because I'm afraid it's going to go away.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the tragedy of the quick cage. Is like if you want things for free or free for Frank, you, you gotta you gotta you gotta hit it with the right strike right while to, the iron. Yeah, yes, There you go. All right. Um. At least we do know that fucking um like captain coscarelli's like you know um you know vaporizer um, yeah sure um <laughs> will um will be um uh october 20th now
0: it will be the absolute last thing we ever talk about on this motherfucking infernal podcast yeah yeah i mean which i really enjoy doing i look forward to it <laughs>
1: oh yeah I always this, look. For, in, I in, always. In this... I always look forward to it until I don't in the middle of it, um, where I'm listening <laughs> to this outrageous plot. It's not even outrageous enough to be funny. It's just bad, right? So it's, it's kind it... of like I kind of get it. Like I get it a little bit. Like just listening to these things, it's like I I can I can have just as much disappointment through the 20 minutes of listening to you describe the movie sometimes as you probably have in the hour and half of watching it.
0: Yeah. Man. We still got to talk about The Wicker Man again, too. We do. I'm actually kind of looking forward to watching that movie again, though. Yeah. Now that I have, like, a real true appreciation of Nick Cage as an auteur, I want to watch, like, his performance and see if I can pluck the subtle grapes of inspiration that are dripping from his vines you know, of his performance or whatever the fuck that asshole's name is in that movie. I just want to watch yeah. him punch that woman in the face again because it's pretty funny.
1: Isn't the woman that he punches, the is that the woman from um, Deadwood that plays Alma? You know, it's funny that you said that
0: because I immediately thought, is that the Deadwood woman? So maybe, yeah, yeah I guess. Yeah. I don't know.
1: She's in that movie, but I can't remember if that's who he punches or not.
0: He punches the woman that's in charge of the boarding house. I
1: think that's who that is. Yeah. Maybe I'll watch that whenever you do that again. Although I do watch watch along, watch along, quick cage. Fucking that'd be an interesting concept. Well, I mean, like, yeah, if you're gonna watch in the next few months, like, um, I'll be done this in fall semester, um, soon have time to do those kind of things potentially. Yeah, me too. Maybe
0: we'll do it the week I go on vacation. Then after, because I'm gonna do that after semester's over at some point. So
1: yeah, right. That'd be good. It'd be pretty funny. Yeah. All right, well, word. All right. So that's good. That's a good plan. All right. So, all right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Have a good night.
0: Have a good night.